You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Pirates Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, July 8th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently and just launched Just Baseball. Uh, Got some cool stuff coming out there that I'll talk about at the end of the episode. Or maybe, if by any chance, pop culture entertainment is more of your route, maybe, if that's something you're interested in, you can find some of my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse Play, Disgusting, Film Cut, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and if you feel so inclined, but only. I repeat, only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'd love to answer them. Today is the 299th episode. Tomorrow is episode 300, so please message me on LO underscore Piders or Javapeno or just, I don't know, anything. Whatever way you think you can contact me, do that. We will be answering all those questions in a big mailbag extravaganza for tomorrow's 300th episode. But in terms of today's episode, guys, it is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. If the MLB draft season has you feeling some type of way, you know, because it's coming up. Well, Locked On MLB Prospects, it's here for you, and they're covering every future star of Major League Baseball. Host RM Layton brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, guys. Today's episode... Could he be recapping uh, as best as I can? Yesterday's just fantastic game, uh, I guess is the way to put it. Um, If you're a Nationals fan, of course. Uh, We're going to be talking about that. And then I want to talk about the Padres rotation uh, and how things seemingly have shifted quite a bit. Mention a little bit of Dennis Lynn's article that he put out. He did a mailbag the other day, uh, clearly following in my uh, footsteps to sign that. This is also a week he wants to do a giant mailbag. Um, Going to be talking about that. And then just a grab bag of random things that I've been observing across all of baseball lately. So uh, not too much today to talk about, but let's get into it, guys. Last night, the Padres lose by a score of 15-5. to And it was like a football score, and it felt like a football score. And what I mean by that is the Padres literally scored like most of their runs, including from a Trent Grisham home run in the bottom of the ninth, like it was in garbage time. It was already 15 to like one at that point. So it didn't really matter. Um, in this game, yeah, Padres offense really doesn't do much. Tommy Pham does get a double in this game with a walk, which was nice, I suppose. Uh, he scored two runs, which is also kind of cool, but Tatis didn't do anything. Drake's a profile didn't do anything. Trent Grisham hits the home run, like I mentioned. Uh, two RBIs for him. Going two for five on the night. May Machado manages to get an RBI going two for two with a walk. Um, Yeah, Eric Hosmer actually gets an RBI in this game. Uh, Another ground ball, but uh, whatever. He also grounded out with the bases loaded early on in the game, which was probably a, a bad omen for what would occur for the rest of the night. But really, the big thing that happened was Chris Paddock had the worst start by a Padres starter 
basically all year. And yes, that says a lot because there's been some some real poop fest from Blake Snell this year, as you know. <laughs> the guy that makes me <laughs> want to turn into the Joker with how much of a, a a bit of a bust he's been so far this year. But uh, this was worse. Chris Paddock on the night goes two innings, only two innings. 75 pitches, by the way, across those two innings. Just want to throw that out there. And he gives up nine runs, eight earned. Eight earned. uh, One walk and two strikeouts. It's easily the worst start of his season, lifting his ERA to 5.4 from 4.56, which wasn't amazing to begin with. But that was a that's a giant lift. It went up by a whole run. A whole ass run his ERA went up by. And let's just look at the month of June really quickly for Chris Paddock. So... On June 6th, he goes against the Mets. Six innings, only last three runs. Striking out six. Pretty damn good, right? Then the next time against the Mets, the very next week, goes six innings, only allowing two runs, not walking anybody, which is good. Striking out nine. Okay, it's not bad. Granted, however, uh, maybe it was just that he was pitching against the Mets because then he follows that up going, oh no, actually, my mistake, my mistake. There was one more game that I forgot before he starts falling off against Cincinnati where he goes five innings, giving up six hits, which isn't great, but only two runs, uh, walking one and striking out 11, and that's a very good Reds offense. Then everything just started to go downhill. I swear this man, and I tweeted about this, decided, oh, no, 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 Javi Reyes last year, he was criticizing me all year. All the Padres fans got on him for daring to criticize a guy who had the straightest fastball in all of baseball. I don't know why that was like such an issue that some listeners had with me. Um, and then this year, he started actually praising me for doing a little bit better, improving. Well, let me just start to stink now. Against Arizona, one of the worst teams in all of baseball, he goes two and a third's innings, giving up five runs on eight hits, walking two, striking out two. Against Philly, he was fine, I guess you could say. He does go seven innings, then giving up three runs, and then a walk, and then five strikeouts. And then, of course, you have last night's game. So June hasn't been terrible. It's just been incredibly erratic for uh, Mr. Chris Paddock. And don't get me wrong, I know that the Washington Nationals have a pretty good offense. On the night, it was just a party for them. Juan Soto gets another home run. Uh, Trey Turner going two for five. Even Alcides Escobar, who is... Not a very good player, but he manages to get a nice RBI for the team. Starling Castro, who isn't very good, gets three RBIs on the night. Josh Harrison, who, by the way, just quick thing, uh, I saw him chirping at the Padres fans. I, not not last night's game, but the night before, and he was doing the the tear emotion or whatever. But it it was like kind of in good fun, you know. Like, he was kind of drawing back at them and having, like, a good time. I would love him as a Padre. I wrote about him in my, my trade article thing and how, like, I I don't know how that would work. I don't even know if he would fit on the team. I, I don't know, like, if you can demote Hassan Kim. I don't think you can do that. Uh, I don't know where you'd put Profar. Like, stuff like that. But I, and whatever it takes, I'm just saying that Josh Harrison would be really fun on this team. I just love that guy. I think he's so much fun. Uh, and, hey, he, it, we ended up winning that game. But still, that game last night, uh, we didn't win. So, I guess he eventually got the best of us. Um so yeah, really a bad night indeed for the Padres, and I don't know, man, I don't know, it's just kind of one of those games you try to forget, uh, and I know that some people may say right now, well, you said that last week, you already said that, you said that about the Diamondbacks loss, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point, I did say that, I said about the whole blowout against the D-backs last Saturday that it's just one of those losses that you gotta try and move past. I will say though that I saw and I, you know, I heard a little bit on TV and also because beat writers were mentioning it that fans are booing the team in the second inning. And here's what I have to say about that. Don't get me wrong, I know Chris Paddock was terrible, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. I know Chris Paddock was terrible, but um, hmm, how do I put this? Uh, don't boo your team at home. 
What are you doing? That's what the Philadelphia fans do. Do you want to be like the Philadelphia fans who will boo? I mean, bro, okay, so we just had that series against Philly over the weekend when um, Hector Neris eventually blew the save. He walked one guy to start off that inning. I know that they ended up, the Pirates made a comeback, but he walked one guy and you could hear the Philly fans booing. The Philly fans are insufferable. So anything. Now, I'm not going to say they're worse than Boston fans, but man, they are annoying. Because Philly fans, at least the Boston fans, like their hatred is only targeted towards mostly New York and their division rivals. And I mean mostly, though. Don't get me started on that Patriots run. The year that they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, acting like everybody counted them out. It's like, no, we actually just looked at your team just not being that great that year. Objectively speaking, the Pats were not that good that year. When they won the Super Bowl against the Rams, the Rams were a muffin, a cupcake of a matchup for them. They were so happy to face the Rams, who clearly didn't have any clue what they were doing, instead of Drew Brees and the Saints, who would have probably kicked their ass. But anyway, that's another thing. I don't want to get... Sorry, guys. Sorry. I don't want to get too much of the Boston hate, but um, don't be like the Philly fans. That's messed up. Not to mention, it's only two innings in. Like, have you guys not watched the Padres' offense over the last month or so? They could make a decent comeback. They actually, I think, lead in Major League Baseball in comebacks right now. So, yeah. Uh, don't do that again, guys. Don't do that again. Uh, although someone did mention to me, you can boo Eric Cosmer, which I somewhat agree with, especially with, uh, as the person pointed out to me on Twitter, saying, like, look, he literally has been on the record talking about, like, he's just refusing to, to edit his swing or, like, you know, modify it in any way to stop the ground ball. So I do understand that a little bit more. But booing the team, come on, guys. Um, but before we get into the rest of the thing, before we talk a little bit about the Padres rotation, guys, today's episode is brought to you by, in part, Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All their nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded Chew. And guess what? Fully Loaded Chew is offering Lockdown Padres listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew, FullyLoadedChew.com. And also, guys, shifting gears. Vroom. I need to talk to you about cars, guys. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure all those pointless, intimidating kind of questions? Is your Odyssey LX or EX? Do you have a four-wheel drive? Like, all these things that confuse people who don't know everything about cars, you know? Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using the good old Rock Auto folks, guys. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Their family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years and have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Please be sure to do that. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And now, guys... Let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum going. We are talking now about the uh, the Padres rotation, which, like, basically two and a half, like, I would say maybe two-ish weeks ago, basically after the Paddock good start, maybe against the Reds, and maybe even the starts against the Mets, 
I talked about how the Padres, and I wrote about this in my trade deadline piece, before anybody goes and old takes exposed me in that piece for basically alluding to the Padres not necessarily needing a starting pitcher. Uh, let me just defend myself by saying when that piece was published, I wrote it actually a while ago, uh, my take on all that stuff. A while ago when the Cubs were looking good, by the way. So all of a sudden, Cubs players are definitely on the market right now, by the way. Uh, the Cubs, I think, have lost like 11 straight, so shouts to them. Uh, just completely falling off. But... um. So those guys should be should be mentioned, but I also want to mention that one of the things that I, I thought when it came to the Padres and maybe Max Scherzer all those weeks ago is that there are going to be a lot of teams looking for starting pitching. There's so many, and there's teams that probably need it more than the Padres. However, there aren't as many teams as good as the Padres that need to try and address the rotation. And here's the thing. Basically, weeks ago, you have the Ryan Weathers thing. He's doing well. You have the six-man rotation. Denelson Lament slowly ramping up his workload. And then he's slider. He's just killing everybody. He looks like Denelson Lament from last year, top five Cy Young, uh, NL Cy Young finisher. And he looks great. And Paddock, while even if he is a little bit erratic sometimes, he had looked like a pretty splendid uh, good fifth starter on a team that's potentially competing for a World Series. So my thing was... You know, okay, we'll just hope that Blake Snell gets better. It's not the worst rotation in the world for you to be like, we need to, all systems go, you know? <laughs> we got to trade for a starter. But now, you see where Paddock is, getting absolutely torched last night, being extremely, extremely inconsistent. You still have the whole Blake Snell thing, which I'm optimistic about, but still, you have the Blake Snell thing. You have Joe Musgrove, who is still very good, and I'm still fairly uh, confident in him. But is he necessarily that guy that you feel thrilled as a World Series contender having as your second guy, you're not thrilled, you're okay with it, but you're not thrilled, you know, especially because the only team that manages to luck out with just having only offense and no pitching is the Red Sox, so, you know, the Boston, uh, the sports gods hate us and want Boston to keep being good, so don't rely on the Padres' offense necessarily if you're building a team, in my opinion, to definitely just be able to carry you through the rest of the playoffs, in my opinion anyway. You never know, it could happen, but in my opinion, you can't necessarily count on it, unless you're the Boston Red Sox, apparently. So, that's something to bring up, and then Denelson Lamette being injured yet again, um, uh, which is going to be something that is constantly an issue, it, it feels like, with Demelson Lamette at this point. Maybe he figures it out at some point, but remember... He didn't elect to go the Tommy John surgery route. He went this route, and at the time, it looked like it was working. But is he going to be reliable? Can we rely on him to be back? And Ryan Weathers, while very good, as Dennis Lynn points out in his piece, uh, his piece uh, for The Athletic that I recommend everyone checking out because he answers a little bit more questions aside from just the rotation. Um, he mentions, you know, Ryan Weathers is young, so he's probably going to be on some sort of uh, innings limit. He's thrown 66 and two-thirds innings, and he might be limited to about 60 more, he says. So if you take all that into account, First of all, it's amazing. It, like, the Padres are just that deep, guys. And I know that some of you are not used to the Padres team being this deep. I know a lot of baseball fans, just in general, are not used to seeing the Padres have this deep of a team. But uh, that is the case. And the fact that they're still a really good team in baseball, it, it, it speaks volumes to that. But, yeah, I think that they definitely need to at least get somebody in the rotation. Now, I'm not saying that you need a superstar. I'm not saying you need Max Scherzer, who I don't think at this point is going to be on the market. I think, and honestly, I'm fine with it if I'm the that's so you're saying look our most important players are basically locked up you don't have to worry about Juan Soto nobody they are not trading Juan Soto ever that guy's Ted Williams so you think to yourself like all right like we have all these guys under control eh, screw it let's just go for it one more time you know let's just go for it let's yeah yeah sure is a free agent after the year but let's just go for it one more time so I, I understand that thinking from them At, early on in the season it looked like yeah they need to probably just try and trade this guy but not anymore um 
and one and a bunch of candidates that uh, Dennis Lynn brought up were Kyle Gibson, who I've mentioned before, uh, Kenta Maeda from Minnesota, which I didn't even think about. He's had a little bit of a rough start to the year. He landed on the injury list, and I drafted him in one of my fantasy leagues, so I know that he'd been getting absolutely torched. Some people I know actually picked him for a, a Cy Young uh contender um so he mentions him and then michael pineda who is one of my favorite pitchers ever just because when he got caught with the pine tar remains one of the funniest things i've ever seen uh, pitching against the red sox and even the red sox are just like all right bro like i know you did this last week but you're making it too obvious michael pineda just one of the funniest starts uh moments i should say uh ever that i've seen for him to get caught with pine tar being that obvious um but michael pineda basically has been for the most majority of his career except for like moments uh, flirting with incredible success with the Yankees. Um, Yeah, he hasn't been uh, the best pitcher in the world. He always gets hurt and all that, which worries me because adding another injury-prone player to this rotation. But again, it probably wouldn't cost anything. So that's probably why Dennis Lynn uh, brought him up. He's got a 4.1 ERA on the year, which isn't great. But then the whip isn't too bad at 1.2. He can be okay at times. And if he's just a bargain bin type of guy to at least just give you another guy for the end of this rotation, I do get that. Um, so I, I definitely think they're going to make a move. I agree with Dennis Lynn. I definitely think that's where they're they're heading. I know some people brought up Joey Gallo. Uh, a lot of people ask me about Joey Gallo like all the time. So that'll be something that I'm actually going to save for tomorrow's podcast because someone asked me a question about Mr. Gallo that will be answered. Um, but yeah, I just think that the Padres rotation, while not the worst in baseball, Cardinals are in a lot worse of a position, in my opinion. A lot worse team. The Blue Jays, you could say, really want to have another starting pitcher in that rotation. But I do think that you have to start looking at the Padres and being like, let's get a guy. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to go crazy. But if there's a guy you can get, especially if it doesn't involve giving up one of your top prospects, then I think they should look down that route. But I will caution everybody. They aren't in doom and gloom. Do not think that this is the end of the world type thing. I know it doesn't look great. I know we're all worrying about Musgrove and all the sticky stuff and whether or not, you know, he's going to regress dramatically in the second half. But I'm just saying there are a lot worse positions to be. And the Padres, I think, will do hopefully the right thing because A.J. Preller is a god amongst men, at least amongst GMs, I would say. He's a warlock. And now before we get into the last segment of the pod, guys, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously in full swing, but we've also got all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA and the NBA Finals are back on tonight. NHL uh, shouts to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are Stanley Cup champions yet again. Yet again, I'm not a big NHL guy, but shouts to all the NHL homies out there. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for whatever it is and their runs to the playoffs, prep for the all-star break, everything. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDONGUYS. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Now for the final segment of the podcast. Going to do what I do every now and then when I feel there isn't too much to talk about. Look, it's the calm before the storm. What do you want from me? There's all sorts of stuff that I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. Trust me, lots of questions for tomorrow that people have been sending in. Be sure to do that on Twitter and uh, everything before then. I'm probably going to record like Friday morning, uh, actually. Friday afternoon, Friday morning, sometime around then. Um, But let me just talk about some other things around the league. So one thing that is cool is we've got the Home Run Derby this year that I must say... Uh, is the most exciting home run derby that I've seen in quite a long time. Now, don't get me wrong. 
there's been some some good ones before, and there's been some good ones before from matchups we wouldn't have expected. But this year, you've got Otani playing on the moon in Coors Field. So how can you not be excited for that? And also amongst the competitors for the Home Run Derby, Juan Soto, Salvador Perez, Pete Alonso, Joey Gallo, Trevor Story, Matt Olson, and Trey Mancini. A lot of cool guys. Trevor Story, you know, not an all-star this year and all that, and he hasn't been playing super-duper well. But, like, it's still cool to see the home guy. You know, it's always kind of cool because you see the home fans. And to be honest, I'm going to be kind of rooting for him just because, look— I, the Rockies don't have much to much, much much to be excited about, guys. So like, let's just hope that they get a little bit excited watching their guy um, in Colorado, kind of hitting bombs. Um, Matt Olson, uh, Trey Mancini, Trey Mancini having the whole cancer kind of issue, so definitely rooting for him. His comeback season that's been a very uh, uh, heartwarming story. Salvador P- Perez, Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, Shohei Itani. Don't want Juan Soto. I don't think anyone's going to be rooting for Juan Soto, which is crazy, by the way, because everyone likes Juan Soto. It's just that he's going up against Otani, the one seed, uh, justifiably so in this. So, obviously rooting for Otani in this, but my next one is probably Trevor's story. Sorry, I'm a little soft. I feel bad. Shout out Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. I just, I know it must be hard uh, with that team just completely being a mess. So, I wouldn't mind seeing the good, the home crowd getting excited about their homegrown player who probably or at least is likely to be traded at the deadline I wouldn't that's 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 my take uh who do I think is gonna win to be honest with you I'm getting some Joey Gallo vibes I am and that's not like a hot take he's the two seed in this but I am getting them I am getting them it, it's it, Hotani should be the favorite but there is something about Joey Gallo that I think could win I also think that uh Pete Alonzo just a repeat champion that not not many people are as excited about. You know, his rookie of the year season was a lot more like hype uh, producing uh, amongst baseball fans, and more people were rooting for him then. But I could see P. Alonso. I'm gonna go. It's got to be for me Gallo, Otani, Alonso in my rankings of who I think is gonna win. I guess I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. But bottom line, can't wait for the home run derby. In my opinion, the best like events sort of thing and, and of, out of all sports all-star festivities I think that the home run derby is clearly better than the NBA skills point contest the three-point contest there was only one year really when the three-point contest was really awesome when it was like Clay Thompson Lillard Steph Curry JJ Redick and like one other superstar like three-point shooter otherwise dunk contest I've never really cared about all that much I like the dunk contest only when they start doing all the props like, I like the Blake Griffin dunk. Was it that impressive, technically, as a dunk? No, but I like the whole choir and jumping over the car. I think that's fun. I like when Dwight Howard had the Superman cape and there was Crypto Nate for Nate Robinson dunking over him. All that stuff, right? Like, I like the props. I don't really care as much about the technique because, I don't know, it just doesn't get me as much. I'm a storyteller, guys. I like all the crazy, weird stuff. Um, but let's get back to baseball real quick. Um, super excited for the All-Star game. We've obviously got Tatis to look forward to. Jake Cronenworth, you Darvish. I mean... Well, I mean, there's so much to look forward to. So it's the an all-star game that I haven't been this excited for in a very long time. But in terms of other things around the league, I mean, the Yankees quietly uh, playing a little bit better recently. Playing a little bit better. But the Red Sox keep rolling. The Giants keep rolling. Uh, I actually heard uh, another thing in terms of division leaders. The White Sox, uh, Eloy Jimenez, says that he thinks that he could come back by the end of July. That's huge news for the White Sox, who have been an, an injury-rattled team. You know, even... Uh, your main Mercedes, who was one of the, the stories for uh, better, but then a lot worse because Tony Russa is a is a, is a punk uh, for criticizing him for hitting home runs. He got sent down to the minors, which goes to show you, which was my take, by the way, it ain't infinite. 
we don't know your main Mercedes is going to be up there. Hit as many home runs and hits as you can, young blood. You know, like just do as much as you can. So uh, he got sent down, which is a shame, but he had been playing really terribly. So um, another thing that's crazy is that the Astros have the highest run differential uh, in the league, which just goes to show we don't all and know anything. I mean, look at their numbers, man. First in batting average, first in on base, first in runs, sixth in home runs, second in slugging, eight in ERA. Fifth in uh, batting average against and fifth in whip, jeez Louise, and it's crazy because on the surface level, their their uh, starting pitching heading into the year wasn't all that intimidating. You basically had Granky and then everybody else, but Lance McCullers has been very effective for them. Uh, Framber Valdez has been very effective for them. Uh, they have Christian Javier, who's been a pretty decent bullpen arm for them every now and then. But like they've just had all these guys that are just playing above probably there. They, they they've been punching above their weight. I guess, the, the Astros rotation, which is, as a Padres guy, a little bit annoying to see that we can't just have Joe, uh, Blake Snell be good for us and we can't just have Chris Paddock be the quality of some of these other guys. But that's just that's just what happens sometimes. So, look, I hate when teams seemingly that have all the karma against them don't even build their team as a like fully well-rounded team and for some reason just doesn't matter. I mentioned this about the Red Sox. Looks like that's kind of the case with the Astros. I do like Jordan Alvarez, but the Altuve, Correa... Um, uh, Bregman trio. We all know why we don't like those guys, but still, Astros one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. Uh, very scary. And um, the Chicago Cubs, who I already mentioned, uh, want to just talk about the NL Central one last time. Brewers uh, on fire. That's a team that every baseball nerd is going to be following, in my opinion. Uh, the end of the season, uh, for sure. Just because, or not the end of the season, the end of the trade deadline, because they're a team that their rotation, they're pitching. They've got Devin Williams, they've got Josh Harry in the bullpen, obviously the, rota- the rotation, but they seem to have lucked out big time with this acquisition of Willie Adamas, who's been a beast for them. Just like for, for comparison's sake, in 41 games for the Rays this year, uh, Willie Adamas was batting 197 with a 254 on base and a 371 slugging. Uh, real, real bad. And now in 44 games with the Brewers, he's batting 289 with a 369 on base, 547 slugging. Unbelievable. Nine home runs to go along with all that. Just been one of the better shortstop literally in the National League, which is just insane. So that's been a huge, huge win for them. But I'm expecting them to go for a bat because they just need offense, and that's basically it. Uh, very scared of the Brewers in a playoff series. They can be very, very scary uh, for any team. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. So uh, a lot of things are open, man. A lot of things are open. Uh, the last thing that I will mention is Chicago Cubs is the other team that uh, teams will absolutely be interested in because uh, they have lost like a gajillion games in a row. And I think because of that, 43 and 44 right now, they looked like they weren't going to necessarily sell. Now it looks like they got it, man. You got to trade Bryant. Although Chris Bryant did just go down with an injury the other day. You got to trade Javi Baez if you can, by the way. I don't know if you even can. The guy just strikes out too much. I don't care how good his glove is. Um, and you've got to try. You just got to try and trade everybody. You know what I mean? It seems like the red hot start from those guys was carrying the team. But Bryant falling down a little bit as of late, especially over the course of June. And he has the injury. It's just, it's just not enough. They don't have enough on that team, man. So hopefully they find a way to trade all those guys to the Padres. But otherwise, um, yeah, just not great for the Cubs. And that's really it. That's it for my league-wide sort of update. Guys, before we wrap things up, let me just tell you about the Locked On Today podcast. Guys, what is the game plan for the Phoenix Suns in Game 2? against the Milwaukee Bucks, guys. Get that and more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow it. 
the podcast, Locked On Today, in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And before we kind of officially wrap things up, guys, just want to mention, I will be on the, I've talked about Just Baseball a lot, but I'm actually going to be on the the main show podcast that you guys might even have listened to by now with Jack and Peter and uh, Aram. Uh, I'm actually going to be on uh, the episode, the next episode that's coming out. Uh, so that's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about like biggest surprises, disappointments, uh, biggest surprising players, teams, and most disappointing and all that stuff. So that should be a really fun conversation. Uh, Jack especially and Peter are both really, really fun to listen to. They're great podcasters for sure. Honestly, and Jack is like a play-by-play uh, guy. So he's just an incredible voice uh, for sure. He's, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. So uh, yeah. Um, and also got my Kevin Gosman piece dropping soon, I imagine, on Just Baseball uh, that I'm very curious for you guys to read. And also uh, myself and another writer for the site, we did a back and forth on Brian Cashman and whether or not he's terrible. We had a little debate. Uh, and you'd be, you'll be surprised with which uh, side I came out on on that. So uh, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the pot juries themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast where you rate your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Be sure to follow the show or myself on Twitter. Send me those questions as soon as you can. Doing the 300th mail back tomorrow. And until next time, stay safe and of course stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.